Hi everyone, good morning. JJ Walsh here in Hiroshima. And today I'd like to talk about how travelers can be Japan's sustainable travel hero. Here are five tips for success when traveling in Japan, how you can elevate the quality of life for local people, how you can reduce your negative impact on the environment and still have a fabulous journey and make so many great memories along the way. I've written an article recently uh, for a travel magazine and travel publications and uh, gethiroshima.com, also a Hiroshima-focused one. And I thought, what a great idea to also share it with you uh, podcast listeners of the Seek Sustainable Travel podcast. So this is just for you kind of a summary and combination of a few of the articles that I've written recently about sustainable travel in Japan. I hope you like it and I will put the links down below for the articles once they're published. Um, so travelers to Japan often rave about clean streets, clean stations, everything so clean. Um, that they see as they travel around this land of the rising sun. Rightfully so. It's impressive to see most shopkeepers, business people out in front of workplaces before work starts, sweeping up every last leaf on the public sidewalks before the business day begins. But unfortunately, travelers also notice the overuse of single-use plastics, the overpackaging in Japan, which seems inescapable, when you buy things in shops, uh, inside the hotels, eateries, and uh, many places that you, you buy things for the day, especially convenience stores, it seems uh, to just pile up and there's a real lack of trash cans as well. Um, so this is kind of outdated, misguided hospitality in Japan that really needs to be remedied. But uh, travelers who refuse it along the way can really make a big difference. So the good news is that international travelers can be sustainability heroes in Japan that help accelerate change in Japan's adoption to more sustainable products, more sustainable services, and more sustainable strategies. So here are five insider tips for Japan travel that will help support local people, reduce your negative impact on the environment, and better support the local economy. So let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is JJ Walsh. That's what I go by online. I'm originally from Hawaii, and I've been living for a very long time, 27 years, in Hiroshima. So I call myself a Hiroshima Jin, a Hiroshima person. Uh, who I work as a sustainability-focused writer, travel consultant, sustainable guide trainer for travel guides, and I'm also hosting a regular Seek Sustainable Japan talk show and podcast. And I'm creating this travel-focused uh, Seek Sustainable Travel podcast as well, which I try to add uh, unique episodes which are just for you and focused on the travel market in Japan and how we can be more sustainable. So tip number one, book half of your stays outside of the golden triangle. Uh, 
So you may have heard this term before when traveling to Japan. Uh, there are three uh, of the most popular destinations, and there are also three of the biggest um, airport hubs. So rightfully so that they're the most popular destinations, Tokyo, Osaka, and Kyoto. But when choosing where to go and how long to stay in each place, plan at least half of your trip outside of these big three in order to refresh, relax, and see a beautiful side of Japan that most visitors unfortunately miss. Uh, many travelers are tempted to book a week accommodation in the Golden Triangle, uh, Tokyo, Osaka, or Kyoto, and use the rail pass to day trip to other sites. It seems like a good idea, but actually it's a very novice mistake, and most people end up regretting it because these travelers, uh, if they're using their rail pass and just day tripping around, spend most of their time in busy stations, packed streets, and stressed commuter trains when they could be waking up early in these destinations that they day trip to and see amazing sights before the crowds arrive or after the crowds leave to have that magic of seeing the place how it really should be seen. So, for example, I was contacted by um, some travelers. They wanted to stay a week in Tokyo, a week in Kyoto, and then day trip around those areas during that time using their rail pass. It seems logical, um, but let's walk through the scenario. So if they wanted to visit Hiroshima, for example, and they're staying in Kyoto, they would probably want to wake up as early as they can, maybe get out the door about eight. Uh, it takes two hours to uh, get by Shinkansen to Hiroshima. So they would be going on the trains at the same time as all the commuters, the domestic commuters, uh, which is busy and kind of stressful. Everybody rushing to work or rushing to school. Um, and, you know, they can't leisurely get up and enjoy having a leisurely breakfast and going out or doing early morning sightseeing and then coming back to their place and having breakfast. Um, so they have all this rush and stress and then they get to the destination right at the most busy time around 10 a.m. So between 10 and 3 is when you do not want to go to the busiest, most popular places. But if you're staying somewhere else and commuting for a day trip, that's when you're going to arrive. So I really don't recommend it. I would recommend staying two to three nights in different locations that you're interested in. And uh, you can wake up and have that early morning sightseeing when there's nobody around, go back to your hotel, have breakfast, and then at a more leisurely pace, go out and see other sites in the area. But you want to get to those top sites that are the most popular as early as possible. Um, if you're in Kyoto, for example, uh, Fushimi Inari, open 24 hours. Um, Kiyomizu Dera, the most famous temple, open at 6.30, right? So you want to get to these places when they open or at sunrise. See it in the magic time and then come back to where you're staying, have leisurely breakfast and then get out to less popular, less busy areas to do sightseeing during the peak times. 
So travel from and to these big cities at peak times also adds stress to local communities as commuters who have to travel these times for work and school each day really struggle with the additional tourist crowds. And you start to see a bit of irritation amongst uh, domestic travelers. Um, I've traveled around Japan many times by train. And sometimes when you're traveling at these peak times, also the staff are more stressed out. And uh, even if you're not talking at a, a loud voice, as they say, at a big voice in Japan, if you're speaking in English or another language on the train, usually it's you that's going to be shushed by other passengers and they're going to notice you talking more just because it stands out from the Japanese uh, language that you hear around you. Um, so it's not nice to be shushed, even if you're trying to be respectful. Um, so you just notice this elevated level of stress around you. And it's, it's not pleasant for you to travel at that time. And it's not really nice for everybody else because you're adding more crowds uh, to the busy trains when they can't really choose another time to travel. And I have never met a traveler who regretted booking stays outside a big city. And they always have such great stories to tell. Uh, it also better supports these local economies. By staying in the hotel, you're helping support uh, entrepreneurship and uh, job security in this area, the local economy employment, and it brings in other residents to live in these areas which are often dying because of population decline, people moving to the big cities because that's where the jobs are and that's where the guests are. So that's where entrepreneurs go. Um, but if you choose to stay in uh, smaller cities, medium-sized cities, uh, outside of the golden, golden Triangle, you can really have so much positive effect um, on the people, planet, and profit balance of sustainability in Japan. By choosing to stay in smaller destinations, you're also building demand for workers, entrepreneurship outside the cities, as well as new residents who are attracted to the jobs and to start their own travel-related startups. So we have more innovation outside the big three as well. Number two, ship your bags between hotels. Uh, big suitcases are bulky and difficult to travel around Japan's narrow train stations and streets, and it can actually be dangerous. Uh, save yourself the stress and hassle of carrying your heavy bags uh, between destinations by using local delivery companies from your hotels or convenience stores. Uh, this is called Takubin in Japanese, and it's a very convenient, very reasonably priced service. So usually you can send a big bag for less than 2,000 yen, so about 15 US dollars um, each time, and it just saves you so much hassle and stress. And if you pack a smaller overnight bag, you can ship your big case the day before and then move to your ne next destination to free yourself up and it will make it to your next hotel when you check in. There are never enough lockers and stations and many travelers waste precious sightseeing time hunting for baggage storage areas. It's just not how you want to spend your trip. 
Uh, sending bags ahead of you is the smart planning that will enhance your trip. Without a huge bag, it's so much easier to be flexible and stop and see things along the way between your overnight stops. Uh, usually you can't check in till 3 p.m. So if you leave your destination when you check out, usually at 10 a.m., uh, then stop at places along the Shinkansen line. You can more easily make these stopovers along the Shinkansen bullet train line without a big bag. So, for example, uh, leaving Tokyo, 10 a.m., why not travel north to Tohoku, uh, a beautiful area of Japan which was uh, devastated by big tsunami of 2011, but the area has really recovered such friendly local people and so many appealing things to see and do. Um, for example, the MCT, the Michinoku Coastal Trail, has lots of great uh, hiking trails there along the coast. You could spend a day doing that before you go to your next destination. Or take in seasonal blooms in areas along the way before your next destination. Get off the train for a couple hours to explore Himeji Castle, for example, or the historical district of Kobe. I love walking around uh, those old historic areas. And uh, it's nice to see that a Starbucks has taken one of the historical buildings. And you can get a Starbucks coffee in uh, one of the restored old buildings as well as walk into the restored buildings, which have been reused as uh, museums. And if you are interested in uh, seasonal blooms, you can search the internet. There is information about where the autumn colors are. Uh, where the spring cherry blossoms and ume plum blossoms are. Um, so these are really nice ways to see lesser known or less popular areas along the way, which really could highlight your trip. Um, you, as you use your rail pass, you can even go as far south to the South Island of Kyushu as Kagoshima. Kagoshima is one of my favorite places. Uh, it's a really interesting town. Uh, it's along the coast there. You can see Sakurajima, the active volcano. Uh, often you can see a bit of steam erupting. Um, it depends on uh, whether the volcano is erupting or not, whether you can visit the island. Um, but it's an interesting island to visit if you can. There is a beautiful garden uh, which overlooks the volcano along the coast there as well. Um, some great hotels if you want to stay there in Kagoshima. So you can travel by Shinkansen bullet train from the tip of Hokkaido, uh, maybe not the tip of Hokkaido, uh, Hokkaido anyway, somewhere in Hokkaido, and all the North Island, all the way down to the South Island, and definitely to Kagoshima, the tip of the southern island Kyushu. Uh, you would have to fly or take a ferry if you wanted to go further south to Okinawa or further north uh, to the tip top of Hokkaido, I believe. Um, but I have met so many travelers who really appreciated the flexibility of being more adventurous and having varied travel experiences once they freed themselves from the heavy bulky bags it also supports the local delivery companies while reducing your stress as you make space for fellow travelers and commuters. Tip number three, bring your own. Did you know that the samurai always carried their own chopsticks? 
Following the historical practice is cool, reduces waste, and is actually healthier as you avoid the dustiest, dustiest, dubious uh, origin, wadi-bashi, wooden chopsticks at most eateries. I'm always shocked that they have this container of dusty uh, wadi-bashi on the table and people prefer using that uh, to nice, reusable, washed chopsticks. I don't get it. A lot of the cheap wadibashi, the cheap chopsticks, are imported from other countries. They have found formaldehyde on these wadibashi chopsticks. They have also linked some of the wood from these cheap chopsticks to rainforests and trees that should not be cut down. So please, please, please just carry your own chopsticks and you know it's clean, safe, and it's not from an endangered forest. Also, refilling your own water bottle and avoiding pet plastic single-use drink bottles, uh, which is mostly incinerated or landfilled, less than 20% is actually recycled in any useful way. Um, that's another huge way to reduce your waste and save money. You can find clean, safe, tasty water refills by using the MyMizu app, which lists great places to fill up for free around Japan at eateries, hotels, shops. Uh, for example, like Patagonia, they always have a free refill area and public facilities as parks. Uh, unfortunately, during COVID, a lot of public facilities and parks have closed up their water fountains for some reason. Ugh, just so frustrating. Um, Japan's water is good, it's clean, it's safe, and it's tasty. So please try it. Uh, please support refilling instead of buying plastic pet bottles, which are single use and end up creating big environmental problems. Um, often when you have these refill stations in eateries or inside shops or facilities, you also have a choice of tea as well as water. Uh, you can get hot water, cold water, uh, hot tea, cold tea. So you have a better variety of options as well. And even if you did buy pet single-use plastic bottles, you have to buy so many and create so much waste because you need more than one drink a day. Um, so even people who buy pet bottles end up using the refill stations. So why not just have a nice uh, thermos that you refill of your own? Also bring your own containers and bags to fill with foods and sweets while on the go. Uh, bakeries in Japan are wonderful, but also the worst culprits of overpackaging as they package every last item in unnecessary extra plastic bags. Please, no! So if you manage to convince the staff at a bakery to allow you to go from your tray that you filled up with beautiful bakery goodies straight to your bag or container, you are a true sustainable hero. Hats off to you. Um, be on the lookout also for fruit shops and supermarkets where items are sold without packaging and carry your own shopping bags and fudoshiki to wrap items. Uh, do you know fudoshiki? So it's basically just a square piece of beautiful cloth that you can wrap items in over and over. You can use it as a cloth to sit down on. If the bench looks a bit dirty, uh, you can use it uh, to wipe off sweat. I've seen people 
who hurt themselves use fudoshiki as a kind of sling. So it's multifunctional, very light, often very beautiful material. Definitely get into the fudoshiki game. It's awesome. Um, it will also save you time, money, and hassle of finding a rare trash can uh, if you reduce your trash while you're traveling. A lot of trash cans have been taken away uh, around uh, Japan, and there's little signs that say, take your trash home with you. Well, that would be easier if you didn't just sell me trash with everything I buy, right? Yeah, so frustrating. Um, so it will save you time, money, and hassle finding a rare trash can while also significantly reducing the negative impacts of generating plastic waste, which creates so many problems from creation to trash and uh, end stage solutions, right? Um, number four, ask about sustainability and sustainable possibilities. I think one of the most powerful things visitors to Japan can do is to add positive pressure by asking questions about sustainability and whether more sustainable options are available. When you're booking a hotel, add a note like this. Usually there's an area you can add a comment or note. Please add a note like this. I want to travel sustainably, so if possible, please don't put any pet plastic water bottles or plastic single-use amenities in the room. And please leave the AC and fridge switched off for our arrival. I'd also love to see vegan options at meals. Thank you and arigato. I always use uh, this message when I am staying at a hotel, if there's a comment or note section, and I've had really interesting responses from hotels. Uh, sometimes they say, sorry, we can't get rid of um, the plastic bottles because that's our hospitality. But I think, well, I've planted the seed in there anyway. Somebody's going to think about it. And then sometimes I have uh, hotel staff say, are you sure you don't want any plastic amenities? You don't want the plastic toothbrush? You don't want the plastic water bottle? Are you sure? And I say, yes, yes. Um, so I think it's really a great way to spur on positive change. Uh, many hotel owners claim that customers don't care about sustainability as a reason not to change to more sustainable practices and strategies. But if you clearly communicate a desire for sustainable practices, you are planting a seed and creating that vital demand to spur on positive change. Whether you eat meat, fish, or not, it's a great way to support the transition to sustainable hospitality if you can ask if there are any vegan and vegetarian options. Even if you don't choose them, the staff will see that there is greater demand for plant-based options which have so much less carbon, negative carbon impact on our environment. Uh, Google Maps and Happy Cow are great resources for finding reliable plant-based options if you are vegan and vegetarian. Uh, asking about the origin of the ingredients is also a change creator. Is this organic? Does this, uh, where does this come from? Most shopkeepers take a lot of pride in the origin of their ingredients and goods and are happy to talk about this. Uh, it can also show them that you appreciate the effort they make to support local craftspeople, local farmers, and local manufacturers. If you are looking for sustainable ingredients, it's best to avoid meat and fish. 
if you want to be a sustainable traveler. Most meat and fish is imported and has huge negative impact on the planet, as well as people working in the industry who are often exploited. For meat, pork is in everything in Japan and is the most imported meat to Japan with a very high carbon cost. Also, big game fish like tuna, shark, salmon, and whale have huge negative impacts on ocean plastic pollution and overfishing problems worldwide. Japan's oyster industry also creates a lot of jobs and positive economic impact. However, it is a huge ocean plastic contributor. I have heard that there are oyster farmers in Tohoku and some areas of Japan where they are switching back to the traditional practice of using bamboo instead of plastic. Yay! I'm so happy to hear that. But the biggest oyster industry in Japan is in the Hiroshima area, and they are continuing to use plastics in the oyster industry. And it, I found these plastic tubes on beaches in Hawaii. I find them littering the beaches of Hiroshima by the thousands. So it's a huge problem. If you're eating oysters in Japan, ask, is this plastic free? Do you know how this is made? Do they use bamboo and wood instead of plastic? Just asking these questions can have a very positive impact. So enjoy your sushi, but eat a lot of veggie sushi and order veggie side dishes and soups as well with your meal and ask where the fish comes from. Is it local? Um, is it from this area? Uh, choose smaller fish. Smaller fish always have a less uh, negative environmental impact because they're caught from nearby, not from these big trawler uh, fishing boats, which go for months at a time out to the open ocean. Those are causing the most damage to people and planet. Uh, I interviewed um, Ian Urbina, who wrote about the outlaw ocean, and he has covered human and planet uh, damaging connections with the fishing industry uh, for his work with New York Times and his book, as well as his organization, The Ocean Impact. So check that out if you're interested. Um, ask about locally caught fish, wild game meat. Uh, wild meat it has a bit of a surge in Japan, much more sustainable if you're going to eat meat. Also, Japan is quite popular with horumon. Horumon is guts or awful, and it's, I've heard, uh, it's sautéed and cooked very well, and uh, it's a great way to use up all of the animal. If you're going to eat meat, why not eat all of it, right? Um, there's also plant-based options and wonderful seasonal vegetables, sansai, mountain vegetables, every season that you can enjoy um, in eateries, which offer chances for you to eat really well, but also more sustainably. Number five, the last tip, please hire a local guide at least some of the time while you're traveling in Japan. Uh, there are so many wonderful local guides and resources uh, online like Real Japan or like Get Hiroshima or like Google or like YouTube, but hiring a local guide for even an hour or half a day at each destination to give you an orientation, a bit of connection to locals and a bit of an idea about where you want to go back to can really be a priceless part of your trip. 
Locals give you insights on their favorite places and why they love the area, as well as tell you the best stories of its history, heritage, and famous sites, food, and shops, as well as their personal history and connection to places. The best guides I've worked with are able to connect on a personal level, are curious and engaged, and really enjoy introducing insights about their hometown to you. Nothing says sustainability that creates a future world we want to live in, like connecting with others on a personal level to better understand each other's culture and values while having fun. Too many travelers who arrive in Hiroshima after a week or two in Japan tell me they are so lonely and disconnected from locals while they travel. Japan is a polite society where it offers, and it offers few chances for real engagement on a personal level. This is another reason to hire a local guide who can not only connect you to that local area best, but also introduce you to other locals who engage with you because they trust your guide and they open up to you easier. We really want you to have a fantastic trip to Japan that will leave you with great experiences and memories to last a lifetime. Traveling in Japan will fill your camera with so many great, beautiful sights, but spending time with a local guide will give you the best stories to tell your friends and family when you return. I hope these five tips will help you make the most of your trip to Japan while also reduce your negative impact on the environment, enhance your positive connection to local Japanese communities, and help push Japan's sustainability momentum in the right direction. If you're looking for a local guide in the Hiroshima area, please get in touch. I have been training local guides and I have many to introduce you to. Uh, we can definitely set you up for a two-hour tour all the way to a half-day or a full-day tour here in Hiroshima where you can really make great connections, hear great stories, and just enhance your trip by a hundred times. <laughs> so definitely reach out. Uh, you can find me at inboundambassador.com or drop me an email, inboundambassador at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and see you when you're here in Japan on a future trip.
it's all working out so far don't ever change i love you just the way you are so we're a little strange it's all working out so far